to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Are you ready this morning? All right, take your Bibles this morning. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. As we talk about the kingdom of God, one of the most important things in the kingdom of God, of course, is relationship. Your relationship with God is the key to everything in your life. It, it's very valuable to you. You know, we talk about healing the sick, casting out devils, operating in power. All that's good. But what you need, first of all, is a real relationship with God. And that's what God really wants. How many of you know that? That's his main purpose for putting you here, for recreating you, for having you. You are not a subject. You are a son of God. You are in the family of God. So praise God. We're going to look at an aspect. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the... Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his... And all these things would be added unto you. So First Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 23. It's talking about you here. It says, Being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which lives and abides how long? For all flesh is of grass and all the glory of man is of a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endures how long? Forever. Now here he's talking about when you got born again, when you came in the kingdom of God at that time, you were actually born again of a seed. Say a seed. A seed. Now how many know everything that you see in the earth today basically comes from a seed? So basically he's talking about the seed that you came from when you got born again, and that seed is what? The Word, the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Word. Now in John chapter 1 it says, the Word is God, and God is the Word. So you are not only born of the Word of God, you are born of God. Say, I am, I am. Born, of born of God. God. Now what I want to do is just raise the level of your thought life about you today. Yeah. About you. So that you see yourself in a different light. Try to see through God's eyes and what he thinks of you and what he expects from you. And basically it says here, you were born of God. Say God. God. Now, notice, if you study the Bible or you study nature, every seed produces after its own kind. So he's talking about a corruptible seed. What is a corruptible seed? It was Adam, wasn't it? Adam was a corruptible seed. We were all born into the natural realm. He basically was our seed. We were the, the fruit of his seed, basically, and that's why we were corruptible. But then Jesus came, and we were born again. We were born of Christ, and now we are born of an incorruptible seed, and every seed produces after its own. God. Hallelujah. And you were born of God's seed, and every seed produces after its own. God. Hallelujah. And we know that because every seed produces after its own. God. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. I'm doing this for a reason. There's too many hybrid Christians out there. Too many people that think they're one thing when they're not. You were born of a seed, and that seed was Christ. That was the seed you came from. You didn't come from the seed of anger. You didn't come from the seed of alcohol. You didn't come from the seed of all these things. And you've got to find out that there was a change in your life when you got born again. You were actually spiritually born of a brand new seed, and that seed was God himself. All right, Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 8. It says, But God commends or shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being 
now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now notice, here it says God loved you so much he died for you. When did he die for you? Did he die for you after you went to church? Did he die for you after you had a prayer time in the morning? No, he died for you while you were yet a sinner. Christ already died for you in that state. He died for you. I'll tell you what, he died for you before you were even born. He died way before you. And notice, you have been made justified. Say justified. justified. Now justified basically means just as if I've never sinned, ever sinned. That means I have to lose in my thought life anything I was entangled in before I got born again and not continue to drag it into the new realm because I'm not born of that seed I'm born of a new seed as long as you meditate on the faults you have the faults you used to have you are going to go around in a circle the rest of your Christian life you're going to get delivered and go right back into it delivered and go right back into it delivered go right back into it because you've got to come out of that understanding you're not born of that seed anymore Christ is not an anger seed. Christ is not a rejection seed. Christ is not a, a failure seed. Christ is not any of them seeds. And you were born of that seed. See? You're born in the image and likeness of Christ. So here it's talking about basically that before you even did a thing, before I did anything, Christ already died for me and through his blood gave me an opportunity to be justified. Say justified. justified. Okay, go to Romans chapter 5. All right, here's the explanation of the whole thing. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 15. But not as of the offense, so also is the free gift. For if one through the offense of one, many be dead. Who was that one? Adam. How many got dead? Many. Notice, many be dead. Why? Because of what he did. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto how many? Many. Now notice once again, what did you do to be born of, an incorru- of a corruptible seed and born a sinner? You did nothing. It was because of what Adam did. What did you do to be born again justified and all your past taken away and holy and righteous? What did happen? What did you do? Nothing. It's a free gift. Look at the next verse, verse 16. And not as it was by one that sin, so is the gift for the judgment was by one condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. So he says at one time you were living under judgment, you were living under condemnation, you were living under guilty, you were living with an inferiority complex in your relationship to God. He said, but now since you've been born again, you should have a justified mentality, a righteous mentality, a son of God mentality, an equal mind with God. Are you following me? And that was done by one man. Say one man. Look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense death, spiritual and physical, by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Why aren't Christians reigning? Because they're still stuck in their guilt and condemnation and sin consciousness. But the blood takes care of that. It raises you to a new level. You're not afraid to talk to God anymore. You're not, you don't see yourself down here and him up there. You don't talk to yourself as a low life and a worm and, oh, God, I'm such a worm. He don't want to hear that. Jesus came to pay for, get you out of your worminess, if that's a word. See, he wants to do it, but only by the blood. Say, only by the blood. 
notice, not by your efforts, not by how much you do, not how good you get, how many times you pray, how many times you jump up and down during praise and worship. It's all by the blood. It's a free gift that he gave for you. And if you get that righteous mentality, here it says you can reign in this life. Now, I've reigned and I didn't reign, and I'll tell you what, reigning's better. It's better to be in command of your life and command of the things going on around you and, and no fear over this and no fear over that because you're a king and you're reigning in righteousness, praise God. When I speak to something, it's like Jesus speaks to something, praise God, hallelujah. Come on now. We've got to raise up our mindset here for God's sakes. All right, look at verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. But even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now notice, there's no middle ground here. You're either one or the other. But you've got to make up your mind which one you are. If you're going to live over here, then you're going to live over here. But he says, say that. He said, righteous. Now, notice, we got the same results that Adam got even though we weren't there. We got the same results that Christ got even though we weren't there. And why is that? Notice, because you at one time were, you came from being in Adam. At one time, how many know there was only one man? His name was? And everybody since then has come out of Adam. Understand? He was in Adam. That's why the Bible said it's not good for man to be alone. Or if you look it up, it actually says it's not good for man to be all one. So what did he do? He created female. What do female do? They bring more than one out of Adam. Are you following me? So Adam, notice, if he never created a female, we'd have Adam. I'd still be an Adam. You'd still be an Adam. Everybody would still be an Adam. But the female came to bring men out of. Are you listening? So since I came out of the inside of him, and you came out, and you came out, and you came out, and you came out, and Seth came out way back then. Everybody came out. Everybody came out like him because you were the seed of him. But now we gave our lives to Christ, and we got born again spiritually. So now we're no longer in Adam. We are in Christ. That means every single one of us who are born again came out of the inside of Christ. That gives, that gives me goosebumps for God's sakes telling you what yeah I came out of the inside of Christ he was the seed and I'm the fruit of his seed praise God and what am I supposed to do reproduce he calls us the bride what do the brides do they bring more people out of the Christ man to make more Christ men is this too deep that's why we're called the bride of Christ you're not the husband of Christ he didn't need a husband he needed a wife why? To reproduce. Yeah. To reproduce what? A bunch of losers, a bunch of bad people, a bunch of... No, to reproduce God-like people yeah. from the seed because every seed produces after its own kind. So Adam what? Adam brought condemnation. He brought guilt. He brought low self-esteem. He brought dead. He brought sinner. But Jesus justified righteousness, reign in this life through one Christ Jesus. And you are one of those people who got born again. And if you didn't, you need to get born again. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in where? In where? Notice, if he's in Christ, born again, then he is a... Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and he's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Reproduce. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now notice, God is not holding anything against you that you did before you got born again. When you get born again, you don't have to sit down and try to come up with a list of everything. My God, it would take you centuries. If I sat down when I got born again and tried to think of everything I did wrong in my first 30 years, I'd still be sitting there. See, you don't do that. He's already, before you even repented, he already forgave you. He's not holding sins against anybody. The worst person in the world right now, he's not holding sins against them at all. He's just inviting them to come in and be born again and come into that seed of Christ rather than living as a seed of Adam. All right, look at verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech us by you, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Now, he's not only talking about you being reconciled when you got born again. He's talking about you through your mind to be reconciled to God the way God sees you. Are you following me? How many know that's a mind change? All right, verse 21. For he has made him to be sin. Say be sin. Notice, he did not put your sins on Jesus. He made Jesus to be sin. He made him to be sin. Well, why would he do something like that? Well, let me tell you. Here it says, for knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So he was made sin. So that I could be, not become righteous, not try my best to be righteous, not struggle to be righteous, not do good religious works to be righteous, that I could be righteous. And here he says, you're not an A righteousness of God. You are. Now, who, who is the righteousness of God? Isn't it Christ? But here he says that he made you the righteousness. So if he's the righteousness and I'm the righteousness, it means I'm made just like him. I'm not a part of that righteousness. I'm not a small piece of that righteousness. He made me the righteousness, the right standing with God in Christ the day we got born again. Praise God. Say the righteousness. So what does that do? That gives me a right position with God, in the kingdom of God, with God. That's why God says, come boldly. Don't come as a wimpy Christian. Don't come as a whiny, creamy Christian. Don't come as a failure. Don't cry and beg me for something. Come boldly to the throne and receive from me. Why is that? Because of your relationship with him. Well, now I still have the same righteousness with the enemy. So I ain't going to say, oh, please, devil, please don't hurt me anymore. Don't attack me anymore. Say, get out of here, praise. Who do you think you are? I'm the righteousness of God. I reign in life, praise God. You've got no legal right here. I know what my legal rights are. And here's the problem. Once you get born again, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, and you've got all these rights that have been given to you, but your access to those rights comes through your righteousness. That's why most Christians don't have anything that God promised them and want to blame God. No, you've got to come up to a righteous... You can't deal with the devil from your old mentality. You can't deal with God from your old mentality. He doesn't want to hear how wormy and terrible and worthless you are and everything you did wrong. He knows. You think he's up there saying, oh, you did that? Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Jesus, look at down here. He knew you did it before you did it. See, we want to keep bringing that stuff up. We want to keep doing it. We want to keep, see, you don't do that. That's not who you are right now. You're the body of Christ. 
You're in Christ, praise God. You are a brand new species of being that never existed before. Now you can approach God without any inferior, without any unworthiness, without begging, without pleading, without. See, and sometimes we want to do things we don't have to do just to talk to him. And now you've got to listen to me because I'll make some people mad, but you've got to understand what I'm saying. You don't, you don't have to come down to the altar and kneel down and weep and holler and scream to get God's attention. That's right. Now, if the Spirit of God leads you, come on now, right. leads you down to the altar to spend some time, that's different. But some of us think that's our connection. Did you connect with God this morning? Oh, I went to the altar and cried and nailed I felt such a... That's not your connection. Your connection is through the Holy Ghost by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do what he does because of what he does. We don't do what we do to try to get him to do. Are you listening? What is that? It's religion, isn't it? We're into religion again. Well, if I just jump a little more, maybe I'll feel goosebump this morning. No. You want to feel goosebump? Feel one, praise God. It's right there. You want to talk to God? You don't have to behoove him. Thee and thou him, and hereto after, and therefore to be continued, or whatever. Just talk to him, for God's sakes. He's going to say, that's not even good Good King James you're trying to use on me. At least use the right thing. Are you following me? This is our mentality, isn't it? See, when I got born again, the first thing everybody did to me was try to put man's righteousness back on me. See, or now you're born again, but, but, but the length of your hair has only got to be here. How you act, what you do, what you wear, how you go, if you get there. Oh, that's religion. Say religion. religion. See, I don't want a religious thing, but I went for it. You know, I made sure I was in church. I went to a church that told me if I missed Sunday, I was going to hell before I got born again. How many of you know that'll scare you into going to church? But how many of you know in that whole hour, you're just watching your watch saying, my God, is this about over yet? Jesus, come on, speed it up. Hallelujah. No, and you got done, and afterwards you felt so good. Oh, I went to church. I really did it. God loves me again. He cares for me again. No, see, all that's religious stuff in order for us to do. I can remember growing up in the church where I was at down there, even after I got, and I was in a full gospel church, every Father's Day I dreaded. You know why? Because they were going to bash me for not being a good dad. Every year, you just don't live up. You ain't giving enough time to your wife and kids. Blah, 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 blah. Now I'll come up and repent and go. Nobody ever told me that I was already made the best dad in the world, that if I believed it, I would be it. They wanted me to do works to get there. See, work my way, climb up that ladder, get up that religious ladder. Are you almost there? Sorry, not going to make it, not going to make it. But I found out, I'll tell you what, it's like walking up uh, Stuart Bridge. You start walking up, and you're starting to get into righteousness with God, and you're starting to understand how much he loves you, and all these forces like gravity, you know, walking up the bridge is hard, and it's pulling down on you, and you get up so far that I don't want you. You take a couple steps back, and you go up a little further, and somebody says, you shouldn't have did that. Oh, you can't do that before God. You gotta, are you tithing? Oh, you got to tithe to get blessed. No, you tithe because you are blessed, and you love to tithe. I got people who get more upset when they miss their tithe and try to get it in the offering late. Why is that? Because we know we're blessed, praise God. That's why we do that. We don't go to church become righteous. We go to church because we are righteous. And righteous people, what do they do? They go to church, for God's sakes. So you can't let these religious things be put on you constantly because it will keep you guilty, condemned, and you'll wear yourself out. I'm not doing enough for God. I'm just not doing enough for God. Well, what has he told you to do? Nothing. Then you're doing exactly what he told you to do. See, you don't have to be head of the men's, women's, children's, uh, brothers, sister-in-law's, corner church, and everybody else. You don't have to do all that stuff to please God. 
God knows who you are. He knows what he wants to do, and he wants to teach you. So I'm going to Father's Day every, and here it comes. I'm a terrible dad. Yeah. You don't spend enough time with your kids. Well, who does? You're working too much. I am, but I got to eat. You know, and by the time you got out of there, you felt like, my God, I needed saved all over again. But then I understood that I was from the seed of Christ. How can he be a better husband and dad than that? See? So I'm not in a position where I have to manipulate my wife for anything. Some of you got that, some of you didn't. If you're in religion, you manipulate each other. Well, if he does this, I'm going to do that for him. And if she does that, I'm going to, no, just do it, praise God. You have the ability to do that, so just do it. So praise God, we go to church. Why do we pray? I said, I prayed. God's happy with me. No, that's not why you pray. You pray because you're righteous. You've got a right relationship with him. He's your dad, for God's sakes. You want to talk to him. You want to spend time with him. So you spend time with him. And you don't look up here to try to find him. The Bible says he's on the inside of you. Never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to yell at him for him to hear you. He's not hard of hearing. And if he does, we'll pray for him. See, but these are the mindsets people have. They're guilty. They're not. The righteousness of man always focuses and is based on your performance. Always. The kingdom righteousness is always based on his performance, what he has done for you. If you'll concentrate on what he's done, you won't be struggling with what you do all the time. But we want to keep struggling. We want to talk about our failures. How many? Well, I did pretty good this week. Then I got mad and I hollered and screamed. Well, get over it. Praise God. Repent and move on. All you did was put a little black spot on the righteousness that you are. You got that thing off there. But you don't have to do to become. And a whole church wants to become something by doing something. We all want to work our way into it. We want to work our way into a relationship with God. We want to do it. But notice, it's not by my works. It's by his works. So when I'm walking up that bridge, and I get up there, and I'm getting a little bit higher, and then somebody tells me I did something wrong, and I judges me, and I go back down, getting condemnation, get up. Finally, one day, I got to the top, and going up and going down. I thought, my gosh, this ain't bad, but the winds are still blowing from both sides. And then finally, I took a step towards God's righteousness. And when I did, it was so much easier going down that bridge than climbing up that bridge, getting up that bridge. Oh, listen, you don't have to impress anybody. I'll tell you, what you see is what you get here, baby. You don't like it, move on. That's just the way we are here. We're real people. We got real things. We, you know. And everybody wants to, wants to try to impress somebody or honor somebody. My goodness sakes, you get around some kid you're playing basketball with and he cusses. No, I'm so sorry I did that. Why? You've been doing it all the time. What makes a difference if I'm standing there or not? Why? Because he wants to impress. See, he looks at you at a higher level or whatever. Well, we don't do that. We're all on the same level. We're all little Christs. So there's no reason for us to be judging. See, judgment just keeps you in religion. Judgment just keeps you in religion. I'll say it three times. Judgment just keeps you in religion. Yeah, it does. If you're always judging somebody, it's because you're in religion. You don't have to judge anybody, praise God. You should see them the way God sees them and help them move up in their thought life to that position. Then you wouldn't have to judge everything that they're doing wrong. Come on, this is God's righteousness. This is free. This is you don't have to worry about this or that or everybody get all flustered or bent out of shape or whatever. Just relax and enjoy Christianity, praise God. He made me in the image and likeness of Christ. I mean, I was in a meeting one time, and it was my own meeting, and somebody stood up, and I was talking about being righteousness of God in Christ, and he just stood up right in the middle of the service. What do you, what, what do you think about, who do you think you are calling yourself? What did you do to become the righteousness of God in Christ? And I simply said, nothing. He did it. Amen. 
I didn't do anything to do it. Of course, they didn't understand. Because when you're deep in religion, you think somebody's got to do something all the time. See? And here's another one. What's God doing in your life? God's still working on me. No, he's not. He's not working on you. He's working in you to try to bring the real you out of you. He's not saying, well, that happened to teach me and that happened to this. No, read the Bible, find out who you are, and you'll come out of that. Turn on the light, the darkness will go, praise God. Bring the peace out and the joy and everything will leave your life. You take on things from the kingdom of God. You don't fight and resist your stuff. You just take on, praise God, what God says. God says rejoice always, so we rejoice always. What about if things aren't going good in the natural? He said rejoice always. Oh, no, he's just a chiseling me. Chisel, 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 oh, my God. You took another piece off of me. No, it has nothing to do with it whatsoever, see. God has already provided for us all these things. And I'll tell you what, here's, here's the problem. Man's righteousness does not accept God's righteousness. So now we're talking about the church, say the church. As a whole, the church. So there's people out there who live in man's righteousness, and you're living in God's righteousness. So I pray, and somebody says, do you think he heard you? I say, I know he heard me, because the Bible says, if I pray according to his will, he hears me. And they would say, oh, prideful, unbelievable. How can you say that? People say, are you going to get sick? I say, no, I don't get sick. Oh, my God, blasphemy. Throw him off a cliff. Why? Because you understand your righteousness, which is God's righteousness, but they still are under the righteousness and they're still guilty, still condemned, still worried, still afraid, still all this stuff. You have to see yourself the way God sees you, praise God. And that's why the Bible tells us to change the way that we think so we're righteous people. There's no sense for any condemnation in your life. There's no sense for any guilt in your life. There's no sense for any inferiority in your life. I don't see God as a king and me as a subject or a servant. I don't see myself that way. I see myself as a son and him a daddy. And when I got a problem, daddy got a problem. And I don't have to cry for him to, oh, please. Do you imagine your kids coming in? Oh, I need lunch today. Oh, please. If I could just get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that's all I'm asking for. You'd pick that kid up and slap him, for God's sakes. Yet we're doing the same thing to God all the time. God, oh, no. No. God cares, praise God. That's not the way we approach the throne of grace. That's not the way we go to him. We go to him as our father, as our daddy, the righteousness of God in Christ. You never saw Jesus do that stuff. Come on, he has the same relationship we have with him, praise God. So we want to start acting like it. And I'll tell you, the more acting like the righteousness that you are, the more all these things, the more all these things start to be added unto you and chase you down. Well, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and I ain't gotten anything from God. Well, I think we found your problem. See? And there's nothing wrong nobody ever told you. See, they told you, you better do this, you better do that, you better do this, you better do that. If you God want God to love you, you better do this, you better pray, you better... If you've got to do anything because you have to do spiritually, then you're in works. You should want to pray. You should want to read the Word. You should want to quote the Word. You should long to be happy. It's funny that he had to say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say... <laughs> Apparently nobody heard it the first time. So we had to say it the second time so somebody would get it. So you've got to be careful because people who do not know the righteousness, basically they will condemn you. They will try to pull you back into where their thought life is and everything else. And you will offend them. So if you know you're offending them, just walk away. 
love them and walk away. You don't have to argue your righteousness against their... You don't have to have World War III of righteousnesses. We don't have to do that, but it comes by a renewing of our mind. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. And you can tell the church, I mean, if, if you go to a bigger church or you're here and we've got people here who aren't normally here or maybe people here are here. Look what people in the church who aren't righteous minded are shocked at. Somebody's up front laying on the floor laughing. That is ridiculous. I've never seen it. Somebody fell down in the spirit when he laid hands on them. My God, listen, they're speaking in a tongue I can't even understand. What's the matter with these people? But look what Jesus was shocked at. Like, uh, why didn't you get up and speak to the storm? Couldn't cast the devil out, you wicked and perverse. So what shocked him? It wasn't that somebody was being touched by the Spirit of God, somebody being slain in the Spirit or speaking in tongues. It was, why don't you come up to my level and do what I told you to do to begin with? I mean, could you imagine that? I can't cast the devil out, Lord. What do you think? I think you're a wicked and perverse generation. Sorry I asked, Lord. (laughs) I'll never ask that question again, Lord. Don't worry about that. It won't happen, praise God. See, that's what he was shocked at. Why? He had a righteous mindset. He walked. He wasn't afraid to go throw him off a cliff. The Bible says he just walked away. How do you do that when they're throwing you off a cliff? It's got to be a little supernatural, don't it? The Bible says that you get mad at him, he just walked on the water. You know, I want to get to that point of righteousness. There's some days when I want to be out in the middle of a pond where nobody can get there. Think about it. That'd be quite a gift, wouldn't it? I need help. I need help. But just wait a minute. Can't hear you. (laughs) All right, Ephesians chapter 4. All right, look at verse 24. Yeah, we got to go back to verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your... And that you put on the new man which after Christ is hoping to become, trying their best to be, going to church just enough to become. No, God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You don't have a choice. You were created righteous. It wasn't your decision. You never had to pray for it. You never had to ask for it. God just thought it would be a good idea to have kids who could be on his level and speak to him and be with him and do what he wants to do. So notice you're created in. Say, I'm created in. Now, notice you're not created to become, you're created in. So anything I do is not to become, I do it because I'm in. That takes all the pressure off of it, takes all the the, the doing what you don't want to do off of it. I just do what he tells me to do when he tells me to do it. Does he tell me to go to church every Sunday? Yes. Since I've been born again, I go every Wednesday and every Sunday. That's just what we've always done as a family. I thought I belonged there. I thought I might learn something there. That's why I went there. And you know what happened? I really learned some things there, praise God. And and I enjoyed it. And we went to revivals and we did this stuff. We didn't do it because we were trying to please God and show what a holy family we were going to become for him. No, we did it because we were righteous. We wanted a better relationship with God. We wanted to understand him more. We wanted to go think. Why do you read your Bible? To hear from God. It's the word of God. I just can't hear from God. Excuse me? Let me see. If you read this whole thing in a day, you'll probably get something. See, it's the word of God, isn't it? So this book, every time I pick it up, is God speaking to me. What did God just tell me here? He told me I was created in righteousness and true holiness. Whoa! Praise God. 
well, that's for the pastor, but that's not for us. Because the pastor is somebody special. No, everybody's somebody special. See? And that's why this, for a long time the pastor was up here and all the people were down here. Don't read your Bible because you can't understand it, but I can. Oh, yes, you can. See? What was that? It's separation. No, we're all on the same level. I just got a different gift than you've got, so I'll praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not even employed by you. I'm a gift to you. So you take away all my wages, try to throw me out, but I'm still a gift to somebody because that's who I am, praise God. <laughs> See, now you're not afraid of people running away, leaving the church. They go, they go. You know why I'm a gift? I'm not here to keep people here. Right. Well, if we did a little bit more of this, well, no. let's just preach the word and let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost is supposed to do. He's been around a lot longer than me, so. All right, go to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm sorry to say when I was growing up, I mean, I was still so far under religious righteousness that you instill that into your children also. I wish I'd known what I know now so I could tell them, you know, I got, I got about half. You know, I got them into religion for half their life, then I tried to pull them out for the other half. And it's hard to pull them out when you're the one who took them in because they start quoting you. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, you start quoting him. Oh, you don't have to do that to be righteous. Oh, yes, you do. You told me on December 22nd, 1922. They got you, see? And you have to say, well, I changed my thinking. Well, is it right or is it wrong? Well, there you go. Um, see? So they, they just believe the way we believe and do the things that we do. And most of us were in religion, came out of religion, we're still in religion, and now we're slowly coming into the righteousness of God. Praise God. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 34. Paul says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Notice what it tells you to do. Awake to righteousness and what? And wake up to righteousness and what will happen? Now what if I preach sin, 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 sin. You can't do it. You're a failure. You got this problem. You got that problem. You're living in this problem. You got this. You got that. You got that. You'd have a whole problem place of sinners yes. and you probably draw more people because there's plenty of sinners out there but you start talking about you being righteous now at once there's a tilt what did he say what did he say righteous he said oh righteous see whatever you basically plant the seeds of you end up getting that's why I plant the seeds of victory and righteousness because I don't care if I got five people I'd rather have them in victory and righteousness see there's enough sin consciousness in you when you get born again without somebody helping you. And that's why you've got to be careful that someone is not teaching you who you used to be. They need to teach you who you are now. Are you following? So everybody you listen to, and I'll tell you what, people, uh, I've seen more people jump up and down, scream, holler, and get goosebumps when somebody was preaching religion than when they preached the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because your feelings and emotions can relate to religion. You've been taught that. Now you get something that you've never heard before, and praise God, all at once you're the righteousness of God in Christ, and people are going, no hallelujah there, praise God, this guy's nuts. No, no, it's Bible. So I don't want to become righteous, I want to awake to righteousness, and, and religion told me, just get all the sin out of your life, keep struggling and trying, and you're going to be righteous, one of these days you're going to get there, praise God, hallelujah, you're not sinning anymore, now you're righteous, no, no, if you awake to righteousness, it'll push 
sin right out of your life. Once again, what's it do? It's taking on righteousness, I get rid of sin. It's not battling sin to get to righteousness. Because if you could have did that, you could have saved yourself. How many ever tried that? Yeah, I went to church four times in a row. I'm pretty much saved at this point. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. And then you found out one day you weren't saved anymore, saved than you were before you went to church the four times. You found out that the only way you could really make the change is through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And then once we get born again, we want to take over again. I got it, Jesus. I'm born again now. Now I'm going to get rid of my anger. I'm going to get rid of my kissing. I'm going to get rid of all my sins. I'm going to do it. You just watch Jesus. I'm going to do it for you, praise God. Hallelujah. And you go about two days without cussing. Then somebody makes you mad, and boy, you let everything loose. You've been holding back. Got it. It's no longer a shotgun. It's a machine gun. You think, my God, I've been holding that for three days. I feel so much better now. Why is that? Because everything you're doing is based on righteousness again. So if I wake up to peace, worry will go out of my life. If I wake up to joy, then distress will go out of my life. If I wake up to healing, sickness and disease will run from me. Do you see? It's whatever you awake to, and that word basically means get a revelation of, and one of the ways you do that is through meditation is meditating on the word. So whatever I woke to spiritually, all at once, I wasn't battling with that thing anymore. I, did, I wasn't going around saying, I've got an anger problem, but I'm doing my best to get rid of the anger. I'm counting to 10. That's what somebody told me to count to 10. By God, as long as 10, 10 count in my career. Just about ready to blow up. Count to 10. One, two, I'm going to kill somebody. Three, four. And what is that? It's Old Testament. Old Testament people didn't have the new person inside. They weren't created. So they had to be disciplined and do their best to curb their anger and their faults and their murder and everything else, which they couldn't do. And we're supposed to see that and say, well, it didn't work for them, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the New Testament, which gets me born again and makes me in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ so I can wake up and do this. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Praise God, we made it through the Christmas season with no casualties, so that was good. I mean, oh my God, they got me a present. I got to get them a present now because I didn't know they were getting me a present. They got me a present, but I got to get them a present now because they got me a... If you want to get somebody a present, get them a present for God's sakes. And then the other person, well, I gave them a present. They didn't give me nothing. Always give them a present. They never give me a darn thing. Blah, 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 blah. What are you, you're getting back and forth into religion again. You're trying to acquire something. You're trying to manipulate. You're trying to, and God, you can't manipulate God. I'll tell you what, he's already done. Do you understand? You, can't, you ain't going to get him to change his mind. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Oh, look at verse 26. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Greet who? Greet who? Now notice, if we got born again, then some of us through our works became righteous through our works and others didn't, then I'd have to pray in tongues to find out who I could kiss as my holy brethren and who I couldn't kiss as my holy brethren. See it? Are you holy? Well, I'm trying to be. Sorry. No kiss for you, baby. Who's next? Who's next over here? Are you holy? Yeah. Come here. 
Welcome to the church, praise God. But I don't say that. It says all. Say all. all. That means if we're going to kiss all the holy brethren, then all the brethren must be. Do you see it? It's not who becomes and who don't become. You were already made that. Now, how do I do it? How do I advance in my righteousness? Do I advance by repentance? Do I advance by getting upset? Do I advance by crying? No, everything we do, we advance from faith to faith. From faith to faith. That's the only growth you're ever going to do. So I'm going to grow in my righteousness from faith to faith. How? Believing more of my righteousness that he gave me. My rights over the devil. My rights to pray to God. My rights to come boldly. My rights to do these things. I grow from faith to faith from one level of glory to uh, another level of glory. But you're not going to do it if you repent of being an angry person then still believe you're an angry person. You're just going to go around that circle forever, man. I'm an angry person, but I repent. Good, I feel so much better now. Then you scream and holler and kick the next person you get, and you repent again. No, you've got to make the adjustment on your identification, and you've got to, you, do, you don't work in your salvation. You work. That means your salvation is where? It's already in you. And the Bible says he's a savior of all men, but especially those who believe. Right? So he's the healer of all men, but especially those who well, I don't understand why I don't get healed. Are you following me? I mean, he was my savior at 28, but I didn't believe. So he wasn't exactly especially my savior because I hadn't received him as savior yet. See, so he's all these things to us, but now we're going to believe. And when we believe, we get to take part in what he's given us. All right, let's see. Oh, do 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 do. Go to First Peter chapter one. We'll go on speed dial. You ought to meditate on being the seed of Christ. You ought to meditate on everything Christ did and realize that's you. You ought to see him casting out devils and realize that's you. You ought to see him walking in power and that's you. You ought to see him loving other people and that's, that's me. That's you. Well, that was Jesus. Well, that's you too. Praise God. It's the nature that's on the inside of you. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 14. It says, as obedient children, don't fashion yourself according to your former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of living, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now notice what it doesn't say here. It doesn't say, Become holy, because Jesus is holy. That's what I was taught. No, it says, Be holy. Why? Because He's holy. So why should I be holy? Because He's holy. Why should I be holy? Because He's holy. Because you're holy, because He's holy, because you and Him are one. You see? And everybody wants to become. Well, I used to read that and say, oh, I'm trying to become holy. Oh, Jesus, whatever I got to do to become holy. I didn't understand. He just says, be holy. Remember the one guy he walked up to who was sick on the porch for how many, how many times? He just said, you want to be made whole? Well, what kind of question is that? Is that a dumb question or what? Of course, he'd been sitting there for 38 years on the porch trying to get healed. But apparently in his mind, he didn't want to be, see himself as being healed. He wanted to get healed and believe he was healed. And it's the same way with us. We want to have a good week of of joy and peace and not doing anything wrong and then praise God we finally righteous and holy but it's not it's believing who you are that manifests you here that's why the Bible says basically he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness that we might partake of the divine nature how through struggling through trying through repentance through this or that no 
through the promises of God and believing the promises of God. So if he says, I'm a new creation, I'm a new creation. If he says, I'm holy, then I'm holy. And the more I believe I'm holy and righteous and not an angry person and a patient person and a kind person, I start to manifest that out of the inside because it releases the anointing. How many know you have an anointing? See, the anointing only works in agreement with God. So if I'm a loser and he's a winner, and I'm a loser and he's a winner, I'm a loser, the Holy Ghost can't help you. But as soon as I see it and I feel like a loser, I look like a loser, I probably am a loser, but I declare I'm a winner, you just now release the anointing in your life to do what God has told you to do. That's by the anointing of God on the inside of you. You can't in this world live anything out of outside of agreement with God. It's not going to work for you. It's just going to be a religious struggle for you your whole life. You're going to be doing the same thing for 30 years, not growing an inch. You're going to have some good feeling times. love that goosebump there. I must have did something right. You can't live by your goosebumps. Right. See, because your goosebumps are in your feelings and emotions. Now, do you get goosebumps? Yeah. Sometimes just driving down the road, you get goosebumps for no obvious reason. I know that's not because of my feelings and emotions. I know that God says, hey, how you doing? I said, good. How you doing? Praise God. How's it going? I'm doing great. How you doing today? I'm doing all right too. Praise God. I, like I don't ask him about his problems because I get that much time. Well, what are we doing? We're just conversing with him. He's real. You understand? He's on the inside of us. But you cannot get to him with that guilty conscience, that no good conscience, that I can't do anything. No. He just wants you to be with him, talk to him, understand who you are. And, and when you do that, you'll approach him differently, and you'll approach the enemy a lot differently than you've been approaching the enemy. You're going to understand who you really are and what you can really do, and you're going to see the way Jesus didn't mess around. How many know that? I mean, he had that one devil there on the floor who was growling, screaming, and hollering and everything else. The whole church would have ran up and put hands on her and yelled, come out, come out, come out. And he simply stood there and said, hmm, how long has he been like that? So many years? Oh, okay, come out. You see? When you, when you meditate and you spend time in these parables and you see how Jesus acted and did it as a righteous person, you'll start to act the same way. When, when it's falling down, when the news is telling this and this disease and that disease and everybody's dying and everything and other things going wrong, you won't get into that stuff because you never saw Jesus freak out. And trust me, he had some times he could have freaked out. I mean, one of his cabinet traded him. One of them stole all his money and he knew it was happening. Never even approached him. See, he gave him a chance to get out of it. How many know he didn't do it? That's the way we live then. We want to live a righteous lifestyle because we are righteous. And what you do does not make you righteous. Does not do it. That doesn't do it. He's already made you righteous. So I am a righteous person. I am a righteous pastor. I'm a, and I'll say it to the world. Will you make people mad? Yeah. I'll tell you, what, you, you make the church people more mad than you will sinners. Because they'll just believe you and say, he probably is righteous. He's a lot better than I am. He only cusses twice a week. I cross every day of the week. So he's, he's a righteous person, praise God. Are you following me? So basically what we're doing, we're taking on our identity, but the main identity that you need to take on in the kingdom of God is righteousness because righteousness leads to peace, and peace leads to... So if I'm lacking joy and operating the Holy Ghost, it's because i got to back up. Do I have any peace? No. Do I have any righteousness? No. But if I get in righteousness, then I'm going to give me peace, and I'm going to have joy in the... So we want to start out in righteousness, and that's where we receive the benefits that God has for each and every one of us. You have a right. The Bible says demand. And you'll receive it, praise God. Ask what you want in His name, and you'll receive it. That sounds fictional to us. Think about that. I prayed, and I asked, but I don't really think He's going to give me anything. But I feel good for asking. I ask, so I feel proud of myself that I ask. No, it's not that way. If you ask, I mean, you know, you ask your dad for something, you expect to get it. You just don't say, Dad, I know you're not going to give it to me, but I'm glad I took the time to ask for it. 
I don't really want that ice cream cone. No, thank you. Just wanted to pray to you a little bit and see. Now, it ain't that way. It's a father-son righteous relationship. We're going to be looking at righteousness, I think, for a little while, the way it looks to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, all you righteous people, jump up this morning. You have a great advantage because you can raise that little tyke there all the way up, keep him out of religion, keep him out of all that stuff. My God, to be casting out devils as soon as he can walk. Amen. You see him? Come out. Barely walk. Come on out. All right, just lift your hands. Just thank him for the righteousness. You are, you are the, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not a wormy. He's not disappointed in you. He's not upset with you. He's not looking at your failings. Don't care what you did in the past. Don't care what you did yesterday. Today is a new day, and he's sending out righteous people full of the power and the anointing of God. When you talk to him, expect him like a dad. Answer your prayer, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Holy Ghost, burn this revelation into their hearts. Remove all the religious ideas that they've had been instructed into them and given to them by churches and people and parents and everyone else. Open our eyes to the righteousness that you've given to each and every one of us and who we really are and what we can really do. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for not only righteous people but righteous families for righteous churches in this area, churches that are going to raise up. Father, I pray for pastors right now who are teaching religious ideas that your spirit would blow up on the inside of them and open their eyes and their minds to teach the people, praise God, who they are in Christ, that they would see that this is a life of victory, life of glory, life of peace, life of joy, and it's a Holy Ghost life, praise God. Hallelujah. We thank you for what you've done this morning in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you for renewing our mind through the word of God. We thank you for this coming week in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we will see you 730 Wednesday night.